Hi, you're listening to Thoughtful Wellness Revolution, where we believe wellness isn't wellness if it's just for you. We're your hosts, Zara and Hien. And before we get started, please make sure to give us a five-star rating and review. Even though we're a podcast that believes in decolonizing, we're still bound to the algorithm. So every little bit that you can help us out, we really appreciate it. And we thank you for all the support. Let's get into it. So today we are talking to each other and we're talking about a recap of season one. We're going to give you a little insight to our plans for season two. And we're going to give you a little bit more about ourselves so you can get to know us better. And so we can continue to build this thoughtful wellness revolution. Um, Kian, what's on your mind today? What's on my mind today is that I'm just grateful to be here with you, Zara. Uh, I feel like it's been a long fucking year and it's been really hard. And I've been saying this a lot. I've just been around just talking to people being like, hey, it's been a really hard year. It's been a really hard year. And for me, for people around me, for you, probably for you as well, listeners. Um, so I just really want to acknowledge that and, and also say, I'm just grateful that I'm still here. As hard as it is, I'm still here and I get to do this with Zara and I love Zara. So that's what's on my mind today. Well, I love you too. And that warms my little two heart and wells my little two eyes a little bit too much. Um, but yeah, I, I do want to say it has been a really long and hard year. And if you are here with us and you made it through the year, please give yourself like a big hug or pat on the back or do something really kind for yourself because we're all still moving forward or moving side to side or marching in place or laying down even, it doesn't matter you're still here. Um, but what's on my mind today? Um, I guess what's on my mind, see, I don't wanna talk too much about what's on my mind because I feel like it goes into like my year recap, but like I am having a shitty chronic illness day and um, I is, and so what's on my mind is just thinking about, <laughs> man, I guess we're like really going in on this because I've been thinking about Let's it. Let's do time. it. Let's um, go into it. I am thinking about how deeply and darkly our healthcare system, first and foremost, um, does not provide adequate care and support to uh, black and indigenous folks like priority number one like that is a, the biggest issue but also to all of us and specifically to people with chronic illnesses um, and how that impacts the lives of so many people in this country including myself oh yeah that's a little bit maybe more than I wanted to share but it's very true <laughs> You know, that is what I love about you, Zara, is just your bluntness and your honesty and your realness, because sometimes it just needs to be said. Like, sometimes it just needs to be said, like, yeah, this is what you're actually thinking about, because this is actually the world and the systems that we're living in. And, you know, let's not pretend that it's not true. Like, it's, it's, it's everything that you said is true and real, and you don't need to pretend as if it's not. We're not here for spiritual bypassing folks. That's a different, that's a different wellness podcast. <laughs> um, absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like, 
it truly is a level of spiritual bypassing that happens. And I mean, it's not just in spiritual communities, it's in all communities and specifically, hey, wellness community, I am calling all of us out um, for the multiple ways in which we um, put people's health issues back on them. How many times have you told a person with chronic pain, oh, have you done yoga? Because I can think of a thousand instances I have. Um, and it's like, I'm, I, I, as someone who has now developed a trauma-informed lens and tries to teach in a trauma-informed way, I've obviously learned a lot since then, but like, I can think of like in the beginning when yoga was the thing that really helped me, oh, it must be able to help you too, right? Or, you know, have you tried meditation to calm your anxiety or this or that? And it's, um, there are so many practices and so many people within the wellness space that don't have, I mean, most of us, I honestly have been sick for years without knowing it. And I think we'll get into this a bit more later, but um, this year I became a dynamically disabled person. And that even feels weird and gross to say, because I feel like an imposter um, because I, and that's like specifically where dynamic disability falls into it. I think I've veered a little bit off our planning schedule Hian, but and that's okay because <laughs> we're yeah. not here to be perfect <laughs> right also yes because we are decolonizing um life and the world around us and that means a uh, specific order isn't necessarily important but back to my story is that i i don't even know how to start this so i guess i'll try to do my health shit in like a brief two sentences which is like for about six years i kept telling the doctors like hey um, something's wrong. And at first they were like, no, you're too young for any problems. And I was like, uh, <laughs> and they were like, have you thought about reducing the stress in your life? And so, um, you know, I was like, cool, be a yoga teacher, do meditation, um, get anxiety and depression medication or whatever medication I needed at the time. I would go back on my med, whatever. That's besides the point. So I kept going back and saying something's wrong. And, you know, they were like, it's anxiety. And I was like, I'm going to therapy. I'm doing the things you're supposed to do for anxiety. Like I teach meditation and yoga. Like it's not working. I said two sentences and this is six now. But um, so then I guess right after we finished recording our first, our last guest, about a couple of weeks after that, I had to take steroids for an ear infection and I taught a yoga class laid down afterwards because I'm feeling great. And uh, my life significantly changed from then. And I have lost the ability to drive a car every day. Like I have now gained some of that ability back where I can, but I can't drive on the highway. I can't stand the shower anymore. Um, my heart rate is 127. Just sitting here telling the story right now because um, I am having a very bad, so I have a condition called POTS. Um, which is postural orthostatic tachycardic syndrome, for those of you who don't know. And it, it is a condition where your autonomic nervous system doesn't regulate itself quite properly. Um, and that can affect, obviously, positional is like standing, and that is a big thing, but like a lot of other factors play into it. Um, so sorry to give you all just a little bit too much information about my health and hopefully maybe Kian will cut a bit of it out if it needs to be. Yeah, so my life has changed significantly. And, you know, I was lucky enough to actually know someone with this condition before that. And so I knew what to tell the doctors and what to talk about and what to look up. Um, 
finally, <laughs> right? After many years of having an, several issues and different issues and having to find a doctor who will treat me, who knows what it is, who's willing to treat me or see me. Like I have called like 15 neurologists in the last six months. And the one who I went through a whole like obstacle course, because they said they'd see me, just told me yesterday, they will not see me because of this condition, because everything is too rare. So you get into this weird space. So I think we've covered a bit about how my year has been. In addition to being a chronically ill person, I've been a co-teacher in a few Enneagram trainings, uh, which has been really great to create Enneagram collaborative space. Um, uh, the Enneagram is one of those things where there's a lot of information out there available, but um, building collaborative and communal spaces is one of the best ways to learn, like within community with other people. And I think I'm going to stop talking because I think it's been 10 minutes and pass it back to Hien. I don't know if it's been 10 minutes uh, or I don't think you were only talking for 10 minutes, but yeah, I, Zara, I just want to like acknowledge, you know, all the things that you have gone through this year with your health and, you know, it hasn't been easy. It's been really challenging and, you know, and yet think about all the things that you're also um, doing, um, you know, doing this podcast, co-teaching Enneagram. And I just want to like kind of state that and name that because you're probably not alone. Like, like there's probably people listening right now who have their own, you know, health challenges of one kind or another, whether physical health or mental health, because we know this year and last year has been shitty, shitty for everyone's mental health, right? Yes. Um, and all and physical health. Oh shit. We're still living through a panini. <laughs> we're still living through a pandemic. Um, and so I just want to like say, and you're so awesome. You know, it's like the both. And it's like, you're going through a lot. I wish that you had a better healthcare system. I wish that you had more doctors who would listen to you and make this a more smooth and easeful process for you. And I just also want to acknowledge, you know, all your awesome accomplishments this year, because, you know, Zara, I'm so grateful for Zara, as I think I said that already, but that's okay. There can never be too much love for each other in this world, honestly. You know, I'm just so grateful for Zara for um, doing this podcast with me. And we have so many conversations that I'm always like, we should have hit record. Like we should have hit record because Zara just has so much wisdom. And um, just wanting to share a little bit about my year. Well, I, as many of you probably know, am a yoga teacher and mentor, and I had the wonderful honor to work in the Embodies Yoga Roots 300 YTT, and that was a very transformational teacher training. It's run by Susanna Barkataki, um, which both Zara and I know and love, um, and yeah, it was just a really beautiful experience, and it ended recently. It was the last six months of the year and I'm just so inspired. And so I will be honest and say usually around November, December, I get super existential and I still do like, don't get me wrong. I, Zara knows I still get really existential, but I have been feeling a slight bit, a slight bit more um, hopeful this year, just because my trainees, our trainees at the YTT are just doing so many amazing things like they are people who are going to they are going to be with us for the wellness revolution for the thoughtful wellness revolution like it's it's here it's happening y'all keep your eyes open 
And it's not just Zara and I, it's, it's also probably people in your community. Um, and so I'm just really inspired by them. And the other thing that has been going on with my year we're going to talk about the Enneagram here. Are you ready, Zara? Zara's always ready. I learned so much from Zara about the Enneagram, um, just, just through being her friend and talking. But I'm a social four. Um, and I have to say that I'm a social four because this year I learned more about subtypes. And gosh, it... <sighs> Wow, it's really just opened my mind to, I guess, more about me and sort of like how I behave and my motivations. And um, it's given me so much both like, oh, like I understand myself and also like, fuck, existential crisis after existential crisis, because now I know how I am. And like, I can't, it's like, you can't unsee things, right? It's like, once you see something, you can't fucking unsee it. So it's like, once I realized I'm a social Enneagram four, I can't unsee it. And so I see it so much. And um, I just also want to share something about my personal life. I have been in a really happy relationship with an Enneagram 6. Um, but yeah, it's not something, my personal life, like romantic life, is not something I really share with anybody much at all, like on social media or whatever. And so it's kind of a vulnerable share. But, you know, I think I think it's okay for me to say, like, despite how hard and shitty this year has been, I have been in a loving relationship and I'm happy and there's joy. And it's, again, the both and. Like we live in the darkest timeline and this little social four is in a happy relationship with the six, right? Like, isn't that fucking weird? <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to take it back to Zara. Okay. I love your share. I love the vulnerability with sharing about the person you're dating, um, whose name I'm not going to mention because I'm really bad. Whenever I'm not supposed to say someone's name, I'm just like, oh, this person, um, see, learning. Um, but yeah, the subtypes and the Enneagram are such a powerful tool for understanding ourselves and seeing the world. And it really has been beautiful. I try, I'm trying not to use like overly sentimental words, but it is, it's really beautiful to see you kind of put things together and notice things and observe things from your life and like the way you do things or the way you um, interact in the world or what you're focused on um, in relation to your subtype. And that's been a really joyful experience for me, which is why I love the Enneagram. And I appreciate you sharing that. And I want to share how amazing it is. Hien was really quiet about this part of her work, which is um, being a mentor for people in YTTs, which is yoga teacher trainings. Uh, the way she's able to provide to spaces what people are missing and like recognize what people need and how to support them and be able to offer a level of support that is deep and impactful, I think is something it's one of those things where you can't see it in yourself always, you know, because it's like you live in your life every day, but I see it so deeply in hand. And I want to bring it back to like the balance piece of, yeah, I think it's both and, and I appreciate that you always bring me back to the and, because um, I do want to add, this has been a really hard year, but a really good year in the sense of we created this podcast, we have built this really beautiful space where we are getting to talk to and share and highlight lovely amazing people um we're i have um really deep and meaningful friendships in my life i have found a really great community for chronic illness and pots um yeah so there are lots of connection and great things so yeah do we bring it back a bit to our intentions for what we wanted to do when we started at the beginning of 2021 and kind of where how that all played out, Hien? How did that all play out for us? Yeah, so 
Oh gosh. First Zara, I just want to say like you had my heart like welling up and feeling kind of gushy and you know what? Honestly, I'm okay with the sentimental words. You want to describe something as beautiful, do it. Like give me all the sentimental words right now. I need so I need something to live for and to feel for. <laughs> um but yeah, so gosh, this podcast has been such a journey and okay, this is how it started is I think like late last year um, I was talking to Zara about wanting to do a podcast like this, wanting to platform and highlight BIPOC in the wellness industry, who I think are like doing wonderful things. And Zara was like, yeah, let's do it. And so basically we did it. And our plans was to, um, interview folks and have shit come out. And I think we originally stated March. This is a really interesting, funny thing is like, we're like, yeah, we're gonna get this out in March. Right. Like rah, rah, rah. And like, you know, I'm going to expose ourselves even more about our signs. So Zara is a Sagittarius sun with a Capricorn moon. And I'm a Leo sun with a Scorpio moon. That's a powerful combination y'all like we are powerful like we get it going we get pushing like we're that's why we're so blunt this is why we're gonna be saying the things this is why we say the things we say right um and there was so much excitement and fiery um energy in the beginning and so we get our um interviews done you know it's beautiful and great at one point we were recording through mercury retrograde right we kept we kept it pushing through mercury retrograde that's the funny thing and then you know as life happens uh we did not as you know release until september right so there was a six month gap from finishing the interviews to editing and Also, people don't tell you how much work goes into marketing, like marketing and like writing up the summaries and getting like all your shit in order, right, to put up a podcast because you, if you're a listener, like I was only a listener before this year, um, it's like, oh yeah, like a podcast, it's just like audio and it's just there, but it's like to get it there, like we know how the sausage is made and it, it, and it took time and it took work and it took slowing down because life, life during a pandemic and Zara's health, um, also my mental health, I had like depressive episodes. Like we would, we would go for like a few weeks without talking to each other just because of life. Right. But the thing is, you know, what I liked about it is that we still got our podcast out. We still got the voices that we wanted to platform out. And I felt like it was like a decolonizing way to, get this podcast out which is the point of it anyways right imagine if we were like fuck it we're gonna burn ourselves out and push ourselves even though we're sick and depressed and tired just so we can get it out in March we would be such hypocrites (laughs) Uh, oh my gosh sorry I didn't want to interrupt you but yes um I absolutely love that because yes absolutely like the decolonization process and decolonizing as a way of life and a perspective and a and a value through which to live your life because truly decolonization is a value right they're like the things that are important to us that make up where we put our energy and how we focus on the world and like we all need to be valuing decolonization and we're not like trying to put content out for content's sake like we want to give you quality work we want to do things in a way that feels good for us and feels good for you I also think it's really easy to get burnt out on a podcast when you have it released every single week, every day, all the time, whether you're giving it, whether you're listening to it. Um, yeah. 
And I just think that's one of the things, sorry, that Hien really um, highlighted and wanted to bring to this was, I want to start a podcast. I want to do it in seasons. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And that's something I forgot to mention as well is that uh, this podcast, we, yeah, I think from the beginning, we were like doing it weekly, which is cool, right? Like people who put out weekly podcasts, I respect you. I love um, the ones you know, that you. <laughs> right. But you know, a lot of them also have like a team, right? Like the big, like the ones that I am are more famous or more well-known. A lot of them have like a whole production team. So I think that kind of helps a bit. We don't have a production team. It's just, we, we are the production, the production team. team. Right. And yeah, so it was never um, on our minds to do weekly. It was always like bi-weekly. And we felt like we wanted it to be seasonal. Um, originally, we wanted to have two seasons out by the end of 2021. But again, life happens, pandemic happens, people's health situations can be really unpredictable, especially again, we're living in Panini. Um, And so, yeah, but, and, and I'll also be honest and say like, you know, maybe as we are talking about this now, it, hopefully it sounds, you know, like it makes sense and hopefully it inspires you to decolonize um, how you do the different projects in your life. But it also was hard. Like I felt sad sometimes because I felt like, fuck, I'm failing, right? Like I'm failing as a podcaster because I have these episodes, but I haven't gotten to editing them because I'm a depressed piece of shit. And like, what can I do? And like, I I did feel that way at times. And I just want to say that if that happens as part of your decolonizing process with like how you do your work or how you do projects and how you live life, like that is normal. And I am also grateful that you know, I ha- I am somebody who um, am so lucky to be in different groups and communities. And so I also had support ar- around me. And I also had folks around me who modeled, who modeled for me what it looks like to say like, hey, that's okay. And also like, that's great that you're taking your time instead of busting out we- weekly like content and podcasts, because why would you want to do that to yourself? <laughs> you know? Absolutely. And I feel like it's such a human centered approach. You know what I mean? So much of what we do requires a level of dehumanization, whether it's like having to turn your emotions off at work or I I don't know, a long list of things I can't think of. I'm just thinking specifically of a woman I had to deal with at the doctor's office that I'm not gonna get into, but like having to turn your humanity off is such a thing. So it's, it's lovely to have such a human-centered approach to our work and this podcast. Um, And I think it's something we'd like to bring with us into future seasons. So I would love for us to talk a bit about our plans moving forward. Yeah. So we don't have like a five-year plan. (laughs) I'll say that off the bat. We don't have like a five-year plan right now. Um, But add anyone who does have a five-year plan right now, you also probably do not have a five-year plan because have you seen the world around? (laughs) Right, right. That, yeah, exactly. Have you seen the world around you? Um, Yeah. um, So right now we are planning for season two and um, we are trying to book our guests. Season two hopefully will come out in spring. 
And um, I'm just really excited. Like, I'm just really excited to be, I think my favorite part about being a podcaster is um, the type of space we can hold to get people, not not to get people to like share the tea or anything, but like to get people to like, just speak their truth. I guess that's what it is, right? We're not like a gossip podcast, although those are really fun as well. Like the celebrity or royal watcher podcast. I am a huge gossip podcast fan. So I feel that Um, we are getting people to tell their stories though. And it's juicy in a different way because we're having difficult and hard conversations where my dog screams in the background. And, um, yes. When you talk about what it means to decolonize the world we live in and build, we're building a new world. That's juicy shit. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that is what is so exciting. And, um, you know, we're also hoping to give more bonus content, right? Because I'm going to say it here, I'm going to plug us here. We have a sub stack, everybody. So look us up. Um, thoughtful wellness revolution on our Substack, um, and we um, are really just hoping to put out more content in general so you know along with our regular podcasts um, we do have bonus episodes and the bonus episodes um, include type of similar type of conversation but sometimes it gets just a tad bit more juicier right you're probably thinking oh how can it be any more juicier well it does all right like just go check it out it it, it gets a little bit more juicy a little bit more raw and um we are free to talk behind a paywall (laughs) (laughs) yes yes um and we are also um gosh I forgot what I was gonna say uh just just we're also just hoping to have more conversations. Um, and yeah, and, and we would love to have you there with us and to hear your thoughts. Um, and just, just to know that you're a part of this thoughtful wellness revolution, right? Like I, and I think that Zara and I had this conversation, um, like right before our release is that, we don't want it to feel like it's just us talking at you like oh we're just talking at you and 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 that's it it's like we want you to know that it's not just a one-way street but a two-way street and I'm just thinking back about our launch party um we had a launch party when we released our podcast in September in which um we basically had everyone come into a zoom room and listen to the first episode and then like to celebrate together and you know what I we haven't talked about it but I hope we can do it again right because I yeah because I because I want that I want um folks to engage and to know that it's not just us or our guests telling you about the world and how to decolonize wellness or whatever it's that hey you're here with us and we want to hear from you so yeah check out our sub stack (laughs) absolutely and I feel like that also goes with like the, we want to take the hierarchy out of it. We're not above you or, and we don't think anyone's telling you things. Like we want to have conversations because that's thoughtful wellness. You know what I mean? Like it's to have conversations and figure out what our roles are because we all have a different role. So yes. Yeah. Um, we have a sub stack if you're interested. And if you want to have conversations with us about anything you've listened to in the past, uh, season in the last season, please feel free to reach out to us because um, conversations are how we learn to see the world differently and make change. Right, right on. And yeah, I'm, I'm wondering, Zara, if you want us to go into talking more about, you know, what it means it looks like to decolonize wellness 
And it can also be a part of, you know, what we're trying to build here, of course, with Thoughtful Wellness Revolution. But I, I feel like, well, I just want to first say the word decolonize blank gets thrown around a lot, right? Like de- word right now. Yeah, it's, it's a hot buzzword right now. And so when we talk about it, or I guess I should be specific. When you talk about it, Zara, what do you mean? Like, what are you hoping to see when you say you want to see wellness decolonized? When I say I want to see wellness decolonized, um, that is a few different things to me. Um, in one regard that is very, very important, it is the recognition, um, the uplifting of uh, indigenous teachers or teachers, uh, South Asian folks for young, like people having their original practices back and not being co-opted and sold. I think decolonizing wellness is understanding that wellness isn't an individual thing, a thing for individuals. Wellness is a community thing. Like if you, we can't, you can't be well if we are not well, you know what I mean? Like the healthiest person, like the weakest link, you know what I mean? Like you can't be just the best one or the worst, like, I don't know, sorry, that was a little bit confusing, but anyway, so it is, um, yeah, recognizing that it is a community effort and not an individual effort. So moving away from things like reducing your stress and moving towards like, hey, let's all think about the societal issues that are causing us so much stress. And then I think um, a third piece of it is, well, there, I guess this is two pieces, breaking it away from like capitalistic standards of um, it being a financially, uh, like it's for like affluent folks or like, and it's not accessible to marginalized folks. And then uh, even further decolonizing it so that things are accessible um, because I wish we had talked about it more, but instead I told you too much about my personal health. Um, I, the amount of, and I, I was aware of this to some extent before, but in a more removed way, which I, is my own fault for, you know, I think all of us come to that ability because we're kind of ingrained with this idea of eugenics. Um And we think disabled people are disposable. And so we don't create spaces that are accessible for them or us. I don't know what the, again, I feel weird calling myself that, but I do identify with it. Um, But yeah, so I think that is an idea of what I think decolonizing looks like and uh, a future, I don't know, keep talking, please take the mic (laughs) for me. Um, Zara, no I think I'm you saw me nodding along and like whatnot to what you're saying because I I feel as if yes 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 and yes to everything you're saying um I definitely think for me a decolonized wellness what that would look like or feel like is that and I go back to this a lot and I think we mentioned it earlier it's just like people's humanity needs to be considered and part of our humanity being considered is yes it is going to be on the individual level right but it also needs to be on the collective level and you know part of that is really I guess interrogating the norms right because I I think I learned this idea I forgot how it was put in my textbook but like years ago when I was a college student and an aspiring academic and all that I had taken an undergrad class on uh, like media studies. And so I I feel grateful that I'm media literate 
you know, um, I think a lot of people aren't, and that's why we have so many problems in our country and around the world, right? Um, <laughs> and so I took this class on like media and like media, learned about media literacy. And I think one of the things that I learned about was how like we don't necessarily ask why the norm is the way it is. Like we don't tend to question the status quo. We're just kind of like, oh yeah, like this is just how things are, right? Like we don't really look beyond that unless. I don't know, unless we like have the knowledge that we could, right? And so I'm like blowing Zara's mind. Sorry if I'm blowing your mind. No, no, <laughs> like, I just it connected a dot for me that I will share after. Keep going. Okay, yeah. And so, and so um, ever since I took that class and learned about like media literacy and, you know, perhaps questioning the things I saw in the media, like in the news or like representation and diversity, as well as like who is in charge of um, like the media companies and the news that we have, right? Like once I learned about that, I kind of felt like I I began to question, like it didn't happen overnight, slowly question all the quote unquote norms around me. And so, you know, when I became a yoga teacher and got into the wellness industry, um, I did that, right? Like I began to kind of question like, wait, why are we doing it like this? Like, like why, why are we okay with like clothing companies that make billions of dollars, but that are super problematic? Like, why are we okay with teachers not being paid very well? Why are we okay with um, the standard, the norm of a yoga studio or class not being accessible for disabled people, right? Like, why are we okay with that being just like, Oh, or like if, if there are disabled people, like, or even, you know, older folks as well, or like any other kind of, I guess, not in the norm of a group, it's like, oh, we might have a special yoga for blank classes, but we can't just include them as part of our norm. And so I think part of, and I went, Zara, you talk about you going on too long. I'm going on too long now, but, but I guess I'm just thinking about how part of decolonizing wellness for me is being able to question the norms because a lot of us are accepting of the norms or, you know, we're just raised in it. It's all around us. And it's some pretty colonized ass shit, you know, it's some pretty colonized ass shit. And so another part of that in terms of questioning the norms is to, to really um, honor, respect, and look at indigenous viewpoints because something that I have discovered is that the more and I I don't really know a lot I'm not an expert but the more I am aware of how indigenous groups um you know live their lives and like you know um honor their land that's a big one um the more I learn about it the more I realize that like shit things don't have to be this way just because it is right we've we've kind of accepted it we're conditioned into it but like there was a time in this fucking world in the history of humanity that things weren't always like this and I and I just want to say that because if you're like me and you get into heartbreak and despair and you feel discouraged it's like I just want you to remember that is that um you know there was a time where people thought it was normal to have kings and queens rule them right and now we don't anymore now we have presidents and prime ministers and you know they're shitty people too but like it's it's a different system basically right I mean I guess what I'm saying is like it's possible that things can change right and um yeah so I basically that that is what a decolonized wellness looks like for me is is being able to question the norms and being able to honor um indigenous um ways of thinking and doing things and that includes who's land back like I don't know that now now we might come up too political and too spicy but I do believe that includes land back and really listening because we're based 
in the U.S., super colonized place, Turtle Island here, um, we really need to like reckon with that. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. A thousand percent land back. It's not radical. It's literally, okay, I'm not getting into it because we don't have time for it, but I, cause I really want to circle back to, I have been thinking, I mean, I think about this a lot, but it's come up a lot for me in this past week is, um, I've been thinking about how we've all been brainwashed and conditioned. And basically since like the seventies or the eighties, no eighties really. So like Reagan era, we've all been brainwashed that we figured out the best way to do things. And we were doing them that way. Like, to, cause like, think about it, like fashion trends have just been going secularly, like circularly, right. Cycling through fashion trends. Like you think about like things that are popular, like we've been stuck in this bubble of like making the cell phone smaller, making the cell phone bigger, making the TV bigger, making the TV thinner. You know what I mean? Like we're basically just circling through a bunch of ideas because we've been sold this idea that we've been given the right solution, which is that we're living under it. But like, if 2020 and 2021 and really truly many years before that have showed us nothing except this it's that things are not working and there is a new way um so yes. yeah I yeah wow when you mentioned Reagan you fucking brought me back to like undergrad college because like yeah so I studied um political science politics and um I, I, I had a, I did an interdisciplinary degree in um, politics, philosophy, and economics. That, that was what my program was called. Um, and in my program, I mostly took like econ classes and you just brought me back because I remember like, whew, like talk, I just feel like in every class or at least with like the cool professors, they were not afraid to call out Reagan years. And yeah, I basically feel like that was when neoliberalism really started to thrive. Yeah. Like that's when the neoliberal ways of living life and doing things really started to thrive and and we still have it and for some reason we're so like I don't know if we're attached to I guess it's internalized internalized or injected neoliberalism and um, into it right right and it fucking sucks yeah because um you know when I started to question things in the norm I started to realize like wow we're in really deep um we're in really deep and it is Wow, I'm just I, Zara. I'm, yeah, I'm like I, positive I, because like Zara's blowing my mind. <laughs> Zara is just blowing my mind because I'm just like, wow, that's what it is. And and so I guess here's here's another thing I want to say is like to me, a decolonized wellness is asking ourselves, can we get away from the neoliberal ways of like living life? Like where everything is about optimization of the self and the individual. And like if you want to better yourself instead of like just going into your community and, and talking to them like a human being, it's like you have to pay for a high paying coach. You have to pay for a high, like as expensive training and like you have to get certificates and you, it's like this weird optimization of like our human selves. And it's, it's fucking bizarre. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it at that, Zara. You share what you think next. <laughs> well, no, absolutely. well, and I want to say that like, sorry, everyone, that is my dog knocking things over. <laughs> Um, she has uh, her own agenda and she also disagrees with Reaganomics. Um, but what I was going to say is like, I also love that you tied like 
because uh, I think media literacy is the piece that I was missing because I was like, why are we all like, why has this been circling and circling and circling and we think we just figured it out and we don't need to think about it anymore and media literacy I think is so important. Um, but also the second part of that is when you become overwhelmed and existential about it because you're like we are so we are in so fucking deep. This is, I think, the number one thing I like Hien said it and I'm just adding another group of people to it groups of people to it. Um, but is listening to indigenous folks, I think listening to black women and I think um, listening to disabled folks because you're looking, I mean, black people all in general, but like, I, I just have such an admiration for black women and like the way, like I think about Bell Hooks and Angela Davis and like so many people who just have so much brilliant, so many brilliant ideas. Um, so there and like indigenous communities are out there doing it people are like worried about climate change and stuff and like indigenous people are out there tending to the land and living with the land and like we could learn that but instead we're like what do we do which I feel because we all feel that way um, but and like disabled folks like look for the marginalized folks and if someone is more marginalized than you this isn't like everybody who's marginalized and more marginalized than you knows more than you but like people who are in different positions than you will have more understanding and more knowledge because they have a different experience of life and they have been pushed out to the side so they understand what's missing in a way that some of us can't um, right yeah so don't feel hopeless look to other people right and and that's I mean that's part of why we are doing this podcast is because I mean yes everything Azara said if you're listening to this podcast you probably agree with us to be honest right but like I guess that's the reminder is like there are people who are who are speaking and who have a voice it's just that because of media illiteracy right we're not very media literate in this country because we're not very informed in this country gosh we're very misinformed right like because of that um you know this podcast we hope to take some of those people who are usually in the margins and really center and uplift them so that then you can realize like there are people who are ready trying to do things differently. There are people who are doing things that feel much more liberating. Um, There are people who are doing things that are not your standard like neoliberal self-care BS, right? And that's really important. Like they need to be fucking highlighted because, you know, it's hard, you know, it's hard to really um, find them and realize them. But if you look around you and you don't see them, you know, that's a problem. And, and I know that's a problem. And because I know that's a problem, that is why Zara and I are here. This is why we're trying to do what we do. And, you know, it's not to say that we will perfectly get it every time because we won't and we can't interview every single person we want to which we do like I I honestly hope this podcast has like 50 seasons right like I really hope it has so many people but um, we can't um, do that, but we are trying our best. And we also do encourage you just to think about, you know, how media literate are you? Like the media that you consume, you know, what is it, what is the narrative that's being shared with you? And um, have you questioned any of it? And you know what, that includes us. If you want to question us, do it. I mean, I, I think you should, right? Like, I'm sure there's a lot about us to question as well. <laughs> like we're, oh, yeah. we're imperfect. <laughs> we're human and we aren't going to get it right every time. And I love that you said that because I feel like I get it wrong all the time and I have to be like, oh, okay, I didn't know that. And now I can learn and do better. And I think if you have um, constructive feedback for us, we love that because we love to learn how to do things better. And also being 
non-judgmental towards yourself and um, practicing self-compassion, which if you need to learn more about self-compassion, I'm going to go ahead and plug Hien's um, virtual self-compassion course that you can buy, which genuinely helped me a lot. And I have mentioned it on a different episode, but practicing self-compassion, um, that's available on her website, hienhong.com. Um, but anyways, practicing self-compassion when decolonizing and when trying to learn media literacy or any other practice that we've been talking about here, the self-compassion is necessary because you're not going to get it right every time. Um, and that's okay. Just keep going. Like you get to be gentle with yourself and try again. Right. Absolutely. Zara. Um, thank you for plugging me. Um, something I also was thinking about is like, and you know, I'm very passionate about self-compassion. So yes, definitely. If you want a course or you want to talk to me about it, I will not shut up, (laughs) but I think, I think what I find valuable about wellness, um, and I'll say specifically, let's say self-compassion as a part of wellness is that if we do it right, we can really disrupt the neoliberal norms, right? Because if you are truly kind to yourself, because I'm, I'm about to give you a small self-compassion lesson. There's three components in self-compassion. First is self-kindness. If you're truly kind to yourself. Second is knowing your sense of common humanity. If you're aware of yourself as a human being and that there are other human beings trying their best like you. And the last is mindfulness if you are mindful if you're aware um if you take into account of of how much um you over identify or under identify with certain things around you with narratives around you right if you really do all those three things um i think in some ways you know you are going to find neo, the neoliberal ways of doing things not very appealing because Reaganomics and the neoliberal hell that we, I sometimes like to say like we live in a, a neoliberal hellhole and like I joke with my type six boyfriend all the time. I say to him like, you know, I'm so grateful for you because you make living in this neoliberal hellhole like less awful. <laughs> I don't know if that's romantic or just like nerdy, I but that's kind of romantic. Anyone who can make hell less hell. A neoliberal how less nonetheless is true. Yeah, yeah. And so all that to say is that like, you know, the 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 standards that we're living by, the neoliberal hellhole that we live in, they don't want us to truly practice self-compassion. They want us to buy self-compassion courses and books and programs and trainings, right? They want us to like consume those things, but they don't really want us to live that way because if you live that way, you may find that you don't need all the things they're trying to sell you. You don't need this quote norm and this way of life that they're trying to sell you, that you're not enough, right? That's kind of, have you noticed that Zara? Like, I'm sorry, I'm going on another tangent, but like, have you noticed that like the way that we live in the world, there's so much that's trying to tell us that we're not enough and that we shouldn't be kind to ourselves and that we need to dehumanize ourselves and each other and mindfulness, like fuck that unless it's like a program you can buy. Um, well, that's so interesting because I sent, I don't know if you watched the TikTok I sent you earlier because um, you probably didn't have time before we started this, which is okay. Um, but it, or maybe I even accidentally sent it to the wrong person because that is a thing I do quite regularly. Um, but it, sorry, that was really loud. Um, but it talks about, um, there's a book out and I don't remember the name of the book, but they were talking about how like basically military and big corporations like Google and stuff are investing so much money into mindfulness and wellness spaces, but only to the extent that it makes you, okay, they're doing it in a way that detaches them from their humanity by basically saying like, 
oh, well, like if you're stressed out about making this project that steals people's data, just go meditate for an hour. So then your stress is relieved. So then you also are calm and not thinking about the actual stress that it's involving and creating on a systemic level. So what you're saying is very much a thing that is happening in society. Um, yeah, that. And that's why self-compassion, Hien's course, everyone, it doesn't even have to be Hien's course, but listen to this or find something on real self-compassion and take the principles she suggested and apply them because that is decolonization work to actually fucking be kind to yourself. And I know this is a person who has to work really hard at it. (laughs) Yeah, I think, wow, Zara, you're like really, yeah, I mean, basically if I go on to it, I'm going to talk for too long, but basically I just want to say like, absolutely. Yes. Is that that is very much a thing that is happening. And again, why we are trying so hard to do what we're doing because I mean, basically if you have a podcast, you are now part of the media, right? And so like, if you're listening to us, thank you for consuming this piece of media, because I hope that at the very least, we can inform you of things that you wouldn't get somewhere else, right? There's, there is an information gap in most of our brains, just because of if we consume the typical mainstream media, or just if we're not media literate, right? And so I really hope, like, I don't take this for granted. Um, If you are a listener, like, I really hope you're getting something from it. Because I know that you're going to hear, I mean, I know you hear about people and stories and ideas that you don't always get, typically, or you have to go out your way to find, right? I mean, I fucking created this podcast as art, because this is a kind of thing that I want more information on. Right? And it's, it's hard out there. There's a few great podcasts, but it's not like a big, big thing right now. Um, and so all that to say, like, thank you for being here. If you're listening, thank you. Thank you so much. We're so grateful for you. Um, Zara, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap up? Um, yeah, I want to say thank you for listening to us. And um, we appreciate all the support that you've given us all so far. And um, just to let you all know, as we said, we are looking to hopefully have season two out sometime in the spring and next year we are looking into doing something on clubhouse so make sure you're following us on instagram at thoughtful wellness revolution um because we're gonna announce it on there and that'll give us a bit more space to hopefully have some more community talk and talk more about this stuff um with you all yeah Thank you so much for listening to Thoughtful Wellness Revolution. As a reminder, please remember to review and subscribe to wherever you're listening. This helps us to grow the podcast. And if you want access to more content and episodes, you can subscribe to our Substack for $5 a month. And again, you can find us on Instagram at Thoughtful Wellness Revolution to share your thoughts. Bye for now.